When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi. Hey, No Bad Dog Army. Uh, this is a first podcast uh, of its kind um, that I'm putting out anyway. Uh, this is an individual that actually was going to euthanize her dog today. And I think after talking to me, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the dog is going to stay alive, uh, I think. And this is obviously, like, you guys got to tread lightly on on these types of things um you know there's some cases where i just reflect to another trainer personally in person because it's just i it's too it's too too much of a toss-up of like i don't know um you know when we talk about behavioral euthanasia obviously there's a time and a place for it um but this is somebody who just literally is doing all the wrong things and interesting enough obviously without me knowing I put out a podcast, episode 210, and it was titled and is titled, I believe, This is How to Ruin Your Dog. And yeah, this ruins all dogs. And that podcast was not my opinion per the reinforcement of this podcast. This is the reality. Is if you baby and coddle your dog and you don't give them structure and you don't give them boundaries and you don't give them direction, and you don't tell them no because you love them and they're cute, you ruin your dog. And that's exactly what this individual does. She, well, I mean, it's almost like I paid her to have this conversation. I'm going to be honest. It seems fake after the podcast I put out, and it's not. It's 100% a client. And she basically said that she has coddled her dog, and she has given her dog no boundaries, and this god dog can do whatever they want. And now she had an appointment to put her dog down. So she is the problem and the solution of her dog's problems. And so she's being responsible and taking initiative. And I gave her a lot of props and a lot of credit. You can tell in her voice that it's it's really weighing on her. And it's it's a really tough decision to 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 put down, you know, your best friend of seven years or any any years for that matter. And so I beg you and plea with you guys, like, I don't get into the dog training politics anymore because it's not, it's never going to change, right? There's going to be a left, there's going to be a right, there's going to be whatever. My job, my goal, my passion, my being is like, look, here's the facts about what's going on. You can either choose whatever you want, but here's the reality of what happens, Right. So it's, it has nothing to do with that. This is just somebody who didn't do anything 
uh, and it happens over and 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 over again. Dogs die every single day from the lack of structure, from the lack of telling your dog no, from literally inhumanely raising your dog to feel like they're a human and they're not. It kills them. And if you don't get to a point where your dog has to be euthanized behaviorally because the mess that we've made, the dog, it just lives this anxious life of not knowing anything their whole life, just panic every day, unless they're sitting on your lap, which is so inhumane. So anyway, guys, that's what this is. It's a emotional one. At the end of the podcast, I'll be answering three of your dog training questions. So make sure you go over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review. And, uh, you know, have mercy and compassion to, to somebody like this. You know, I know that there's not a comment section here, but, you know, when you're listening to this, just understand that this is a person that was going to put down their dog today and they made a different alternative decision. So this is hard. So respect to this person, love for this person, and guidance and empathy for this person. And I wish you all the best. And anybody else that's dealing with these types of situations, just understand that there's somebody out there that can help you. Enjoy. Hey, um, um, I kind of came across you because I was having an issue with one of my dogs. Okay. Um, so I have this dog, Clara. She's a rat terrier beagle mix, and I've had her since she was a pup. She's going to be seven in September. And she is a really anxious dog. She is unpredictable. She has attacked my husband, has attacked my kids. She's attacking the other animals in the house. And my husband is basically saying, you know, enough. We can't, we can't live like this with her unpredictableness. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I, I, I don't really know what to do. Um, I actually had a euthanasia appointment scheduled for her today, but I said I'd rather talk to somebody first. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, okay. So she's, she's almost seven. Have you had her since she was a puppy? Yes, I have. She's never been abused. She doesn't have, she's, she's got all these issues. You would think that she's been abused, but she, she hasn't been. Okay. So, um, talk to me about the aggressiveness towards the people, uh, your husband and, and, and everyone else. So what does that look like? How does that happen? Years ago, she attacked a child who tried to pet her. Okay. And we were just kind of like, okay, she, she, she hates other people. She pretty much hates everybody but me. Okay. So when um, you, when you say attacked a child, um, what's the context of that? She was sitting there, child walked up. What happened? No, the child kind of chased her down okay. and cornered her. Okay. And then touched her and she bit okay. the she, child's hands. She bit the child's hands how many times? Once. Okay. So just to paint you a picture and, and go over some things from, from my standpoint as a professional who works with pretty much basically just behavior, um, there's warranted cases of bites right where a dog pretty much had no choice or we put the flame to the dog and you know dance monkey dance type thing and um from what you just told me um 
that's something that was, you know, a human error from, yes. from what you told I me. I didn't blame her for that. That was the first incident. Okay. Um, the last incident was my husband was watching football. She was sitting in between us. Our team scored, and he got really excited and said yes, and she just jumped up and bit the crap out of him. Okay. Uh, how many, So when she bit, she bit him, she how did that happen? Did she just like lunge and then come back and then, or did she hang on or what happened? Well, she lunged for his arm. I'm trying to think if she hung on, but I, I think she just might've lunged once and bit him and let go. Okay. So just one bite? Yes. Okay. Um, how bad was the bite? It was really bad. It was like really deep and bruised and he had to clean it out, but he didn't end up having to go to the doctor for it. Didn't or but did? But she punctured. He did not. Okay. Um, okay. But so she had punctured his skin and it left him, you know, black and blue and green for a little while. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then after that, she was, she was fine. She didn't try to go after him again. What, what, how was her behavior after that? Well, he basically got up and flung her across the room and she was really ashamed and okay. meek. Okay. And that was, that was the last bite there? Or... Well, that was the last human bite. Okay. The, the last time, a few days ago, we have a, a little chihuahua puppy okay. and we thought they adored each other. They play... Um, she's been on medication three times a day for a few months now. We thought she was improving and she just went after the puppy. Okay. What was the context of that? They were playing, they were playing and then rah, 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 just, we were in the next room over and we just heard the puppy screaming and we went and pulled her off of her. Okay. Um, so was there toys? Was there a bone? No. Okay. No, we don't generally let her play with toys out of our sight. We don't give her treats because she guards them and yeah. just buries them in the couch and growls at everybody. Okay. Uh, okay. So was there wounds there? Was there punctures? She kind of got her eye a little bit, so the puppy's eye was a little puffy, but she didn't puncture anything. Okay. 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 So, Okay. Uh, um, I'm going to just go over what I, what I'm thinking here. Okay. And, and it's good that I you should also mention she mm -hmm. has seizures. She's on medication for seizures as well. And she had a seizure the night she bit the puppy. Okay. So I'm going to just talk about my experience with behavior, uh, behavior euthanasias and just from what I'm hearing. Um, so, so when I when when I have been involved with behavioral euthanasias, which I never would, unless really crazy circumstances, would do over the phone without meeting a dog, I can kind of just point people in the right direction, you know, consult them through the process. It's typically yeah. <clears throat> very neurotic, dangerous to society behavior. These are unpredictable, um, dangerous situations where let's say there's no there's no triggers there's no reason 
um, there's just no context. The dog just just snaps and they attack. Yeah. Um, but there is a difference between attacking and biting and biting and nipping and nipping and attacking. There's a lot of different calibers there when it comes to dogs. Dogs, no matter the size, for the most part, can do whatever damage they want to do. They want to do, right? So it's like what their intentions are. So... um the first bite with the other dog or the kid, that doesn't, that's not even warranted to, to speak on. That's just a human's error mistake. Um, and then on top of that, I would say the bite that your husband got, again, like it's not appropriate for your dog to do something like that. But yeah. from a behavioral standpoint, again, like what I'm looking for is, is there a reason? Is there, is there something that had happened that had made the dog explode like that? And um, to some degree, you know, we could, again, is it appropriate and something we want? Absolutely not. It's not cool. It's not appropriate. It's not what we want. But at the same time, like from from my standpoint, it sounds to me that that's something obviously as your dog gets older in age, uh, specifically dealing with seizures and neurological things going on, any type of like little or big, um, thing could be very scary to a dog and the way that the dog reacts if they go into fight or flight. So with the kid, we have, we had to go into flight fight mode because we were backed up into a corner. Right. And so, Sometimes we see, I used to be an animal control officer. So I, I, my job literally was to report dog bites in my town. That was my job. And I had to decide with the court system, with my experience, whether or not bites, this bite was a dangerous, you know, bite. Is this dog going to do it again? Is this dog dangerous to public? That's really what it comes down to, especially for behavioral euthanasia. And so if I were to hear this case, I wouldn't say that this is a case that needs to to, to require euthanasia. Um, but there's a whole process of making sure that you have the bandwidth and the responsibility to just be mindful of this dog uh, obviously going through things. And so when we're sitting on the couch and the dog is you know sleeping or relaxing or both and they're in a dead sleep, I've, I've seen dogs be walked on in the middle of the night and then them nip their owners because they, they have no choice. It's kind of like a startled response. Um, and so that's what I'm thinking had happened with this case where the dog is sleeping in between you guys comfortably or the dog is relaxing comfortably or whatever. And then somebody just claps and screams really quickly and then the dog responds that way. The intentions behind a dog who is actively trying to hurt somebody is pretty deliberate. It's not a one and done thing. It's that's why I'm asking you how because the the way that the dog bites matters. So again, like the some some people who have never dealt with these types of situations may say my dog attacked my husband, my my dog attacked this child. And when I'm digging in, I'm saying that your dog are, are nipping these people and is is not deciding to continue to bite. So 
and, and then the way that they act after is really important for people like myself who do behavioral stuff because are they, you know, like a person, right? Does somebody walk off and after punching somebody in the face, do they have an emotional breakdown after and feel bad and go in through depression? Because if that's the case, then they probably won't do it again and or they didn't want to do it. But when we have a dog that bites somebody in the face or bites somebody in the arm and then rolls over on their back and says, okay, now pet my belly, that's an issue. So these are really important things. And I think that you've laid it out pretty clearly to me that the dog doesn't, you know, really know what he's doing is wrong. He or she's doing is wrong. Um, she's ashamed. She's definitely ashamed afterwards. That's good. That's good that there's that that's there where she's like, oops, that was bad. So that's, that's just off the top of my head. What I'm thinking of what's going on again, if I was to be laying down and I had a dog in between me and my wife or me and my buddy and somebody jumped up and, you know, screamed and clapped or whatever. And then the dog nipped that person. That's like when you wrestle in the house and the dog gets really amped up and starts nipping at people's heels to stop it and police it. That's kind of like a similar thing. So to me, that's what I'm thinking about what's going on. She bit the Amazon guy too, because she's also very territorial. I forgot to mention that she did. He just came into the yard and when he saw the dogs, because I have a big pit bull, he saw the pit bull and he started running and she went after him and bit bit at his heel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these types of bites, again, these nips and stuff, these are all, um, these are all a combination of, of human error. So to me, it just seems like what you should be focusing on and doing if you want to is to really be working on your control with this dog because obviously this dog has had the lack thereof structure and obedience and control. Yes, she absolutely has no boundaries. She is Mm -hmm. like we can't lock her in a room. She will scratch and bite until she's bloody and her mouth is bloody. Mm -hmm. She'll bite the sheetrock. I mean, Mm -hmm. She's, she's very, very neurotic. So yeah, so the, all of these types of things all equal to the same dog. This is what happens. Um, and that's, why I know, that's why I know these things before you tell me. Because typically dogs who end up like this don't have any respect for human beings. They don't, they care, they love, but they're not like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. So yeah, so th- these are all very, um, a a plus B equals C one plus one equals two. It all makes sense. So for me and my standpoint and my suggestion, um, is, is simply to work through, uh, some sort of obedience type of control thing, because basically the lack of structure and boundaries and all the rules and regulations, like you said, that's not there. This dog, unfortunately is acting like this and acting out because of this. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I would be focusing on is these are minor things that most dog owners face, um, you know, because the dog is basically like getting away with so much. And, you know, like those are the types of things that you should be focusing on, in my opinion, is, is, is really, you know, what's fair to the dog. Because is the dog, is the dog's behavior dangerous? No, because this dog hasn't mauled anybody. This dog hasn't put anybody in the hospital. And in fact, every single bite that we've had so far, um, 
you know, have been pretty minor and those are all decisions that the dog has made. So to me, I would be focusing on the freedom that you're giving this dog because obviously this dog has gotten too much freedom from your control. If your dog is off leash in a yard and there's an Amazon driver and your dog has a bite history or chasing people like that's, that's on you. Um, yeah, we've, we've since put up signs and locked the gates so that, Mm -hmm. because they weren't supposed to come in the yard to begin with, but you know, we've, we've completely made it so people can't get into the yard. Yep. 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 And that's what you have to do is you have to say, I have this dog and people are going to not listen. So how can you control the narrative and how can you control like, okay, when, when somebody does come into the yard, no matter how many signs and locks are on there or whatever, you know, how are you going to control this situation? And luckily it's a smaller dog. So we're not dealing with, you know, German shepherd wounds. We're dealing with a smaller medium to medium dog. So that's what I think. I think that this is all something that unfortunately, again, is human error. Um, and you'll have to manage, moving forward like okay this dog obviously like i i wouldn't let the dog on the couch or on the seat with us when we're doing you know when we're watching sports and we're i mean to be honest i would just set this dog up for success moving forward throughout the dog's life um, okay to be successful because right now it's been like things are changing we're getting older we're dealing with more seizures um or in general um these are all things that you know, to me, I would be like, okay, you know, the, the routines and the schedule and the way that this dog lives her life with us has to change. Okay. And that's because I have, I have babied her. Like I've babied her extremely. She's, you know, attached to me. She obsessively licks me. Mm -hmm. She sleeps with me. She, she wants to be next to me wherever I am and she will break down a wall to get to me. Yep if I'm not there and, but, but how do I do that? How do I? Oh, it's a good question. Okay. So I just, interesting enough, I just did a uh, podcast on this, um, that the emotion that we dump on our dogs and the lack of structure and our compassion and empathy and love towards dogs, if not controlled or or managed, will ultimately, in your case, could kill the dog. And I know that that sounds dramatic, but it's not. It's exactly what had happened. So here's what you can do to, to, to start adding structure and start adding boundaries and other things to be successful uh, with your dog. Um, the first thing is, is it's not going to be easy, obviously, because if it were easy, you wouldn't be talking to me. Uh, and the dog is seven years old and you've been doing this or almost seven and you've been doing this, you know, since the dog was born. And so the dog is already routinely like, um, the confidence is low. The security is low. Uh, like you said, the dog can get away with, you know, she feels like she can get away with stuff without repercussion, but ultimately the behavior of the dog is also something of what you're seeing. So, um, you know, whatever. So what you can do is you can start with structure, start giving your dog rules and regulation and boundaries. And the way to start that, um, is to start with just putting the leash on the dog. So I typically start 
uh, with this type of case, you could probably start with a martingale collar. Um, and is that a, just a flat collar or a, it's is like, that the prong? Nope, it's like a it's neither. It's like a flat collar with um, some what we call action. So it does move in and out, but it doesn't it doesn't get tight like a choke collar would. And this is a okay. good uh, first start uh, for for most people um, to start with with that. Um, it'll be helpful for for your dog as well uh, to not like jump into it too significantly to be honest with you to be honest like what you should do outside of you trying to do this is work with the trainer in person um okay um, that would be the best thing um i've taken in dogs myself personally that don't have any the same thing it's literally the same dog that you have no boundaries never been told no never enforced anything do what you want free for all and then the dog ends up in absolute mess so what what i would do is get yourself a leash get yourself a training collar that you're comfortable with that works doesn't have to be a martingale it's just my suggestion the other thing okay. that would be really easy for you to to get is just a basic slip leash which essentially is uh like a kennel leash or a slip leash like we have them on our website um things like that like that's what i would that's what i would recommend um to you things like that so Anyway, and you start with boundaries, okay? So you start, and what is what do, what does boundaries mean for dog owners? That means it's a very sim- simple, common sense ideology to me. Boundaries is essentially giving your dog options to live, like not literally live, but to live the, a safe life, right? So again, boundaries for kids would be like, homework's done, uh, brush your teeth, be home by eight, whatever. Like these are rules and regulations that mom and dad set to keep you safe because we love you. And those are, those are, and then, you know, the kid's going to grow up with, okay, I got to listen. I got to, you know, if I don't listen, there's consequences, right? So these are, these are the types of things that's really going to help your dog understand thoroughly. Okay. These are the rules and regulations that I have. Here's the boundaries that are set. So for you and your dog, you'll start that with basic principles of thresholds, which is the easiest way to do it. So a threshold is essentially something that the dog is going to go through, like a door, or um, you could use uh, food. Um, Basically, once the environment and the opportunity is presented, the dog's going to assume what's going to happen next. And then you're going to say it has to be. So you have to start putting things on your terms, essentially. So right now, your dog, so this is at the fundamental level. Your dog sees something they want, they get it. There's no filter. There's nothing that would stop this dog under any circumstance to say, wait a minute, am I going to get in trouble for this and or is this okay and safe to do? It's just just like the dog just does it. So that's what you'll see at the uh, foundational level. So then what, what ends up happening is, is when the behavior starts to, to turn or the behavior starts to worsen where the dog maybe bites somebody because there's, again, no filter, nothing there. The dog just acts. That's where you start to get into trouble. So my suggestion is, is start off with some basic obedience, like the place and stay. So I have a course called the no bad dog Kickstarter course, which, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, that's a great course to start on basics. Like if you want to know how to put in put in obedience and put in thresholds, that's an 
excellent course on it because it's exactly what it is. We originally were going to call it the puppy course, but once okay. I once I started the course, I realized that all of my behavioral clients, including you, are missing the things that I'm teaching in this course. So the reason why dogs get to the behavioral place that they get to is because they're missing the things in that course. And that's why we switched from the No Bad Dog puppy course to the No Bad Dog Kickstarter course because it'll kickstart conversations like this. Like, okay, I want to add boundaries. I want to add regulations. I want to add structure. I want my dog to respect me. I want my dog to look at me. I want my dog to ask for direction because that's what dogs want to do. That's the best course for you to start so you're not like overwhelmed with everything that I'm saying, but I'm going to keep going down this path with you. Okay. Um, so, so that's really what you want to start doing. So you, let's say you put a leash on a dog and you go up to a door that you've walked out with this dog ever since they were a puppy. She's going to think, okay, we're going through the slider. We're going through the door. Easy peasy. So what you do is you stop, you say sit. Oftentimes, in my experience with dogs who haven't been taught basic obedience or dogs who have never been told no, meaning they get away with everything, when we say sit, the only time that they do it is if there's a cookie or... When they want to. Exactly. Bingo. Yeah. So so here's what happens is you say, hey, I want you to do something. And then she's like, well, you got to give me a $20 bill to at least clean up my own dinner. You know, that's, that's the idea anyway. Like, you know, with your kids, you're like, hey, can you clean up your mess. Right? Give me 20 bucks. It's like, well, that's not really how it works. Right. But that's what you're dealing with. That's, that's your ecosystem right now. So, so you'll start working on these things like, Hey dog, sit. Right. And they go, what do you got for me? And you may just flash them a little bit of food. They put their butt on the ground. But the thing is, is you have to hold that sit. Okay. And then, then you can release the dog on your terms. So right now, she's going to do whatever she wants to do, which is why you're in the predicament, right? So let's say Amazon driver's in your yard running and she takes after him. If your obedience was good, you could recall her back. But you said, hey, come. And she's like, yeah, yeah, right. I'm after this guy. So, but that's that's all your relationship, right? So same thing with kids, right? We get a kid at the supermarket or at the store and they're going up and down the aisles and they're knocking everything down and they are taking pickle jars and they're smacking them on the ground or whatever. You can input a really misbehaved kid anywhere you want. And we're not going to look at the kid. We're going to look at the parents and say, what is going on here? How do you not have control? So that's like what you're dealing with with your dog, unfortunately, is um, just the idea of you saying something to your dog and your dog actually understanding it is not, you've never worked on it with her and it's just not your relationship. There's not that tangible, Oh, you're, you're giving me information and I'm going to follow through with it. So those are the types of things I would start working on is getting to the door, saying, sit, the dog doesn't sit. We use our leash for a little bit of pressure. The dog puts their butt on the ground. We go to reach for the door. The dog's going to get up again. These are the types of things that you have to work on. So right now your dog is going to trigger or to do what she wants to do depending on what she thinks is going to happen. So she's not listening to you. She's not engaged with you. She's not looking at you. She doesn't care about you right there. So those are the types of things that you have to do. Walk up to the door, tell your dog to sit, which is going to be a challenge in itself, 
work on the sit, but the dog can't get up out of the sit until you verbally say, okay, break. And that's structure and that's boundaries and that's rules. Go to your room. Why? Because I said so. I mean, these are the types of things that you have to have that control for respect issues. Like it's not just about you wanting control because you want to be the boss. It's about, well, when we get to Disneyland and I tell you to do something, I don't want you running across the parking lot with your head cut off you know, by a car or something like there has to be control. So that's what I would start to do is put her in a sit, work on a distraction, reach for the door handle or jiggle it. She's going to get right back up. And then you put her back into a sit. So you have to teach her that she has to follow through with a behavior until you say, okay, break free recess, have fun. That will rewire your, she'll, she'll look at you and she'll go, Oh, Really, you're going to, you know, you're going to, so really for one word, I would say it's accountability. Okay. She has no accountability. She just does. She doesn't think. She just does. Yeah, she, and see, I've had such a problem finding trainers because one, I live on the wrong side of town, basically, um, where you have to cross this bridge. It's full of traffic to get to services. Um. And the other part was she would not be good in a group setting because she's super dog reactive. Mm -hmm. Like she flips out, anxious, doing cartwheels when other dogs are around. Mm -hmm. And most of the trainings offered are group trainings. Mm. So do you think I should like tough that out and try group training or do I need to be looking at private training? Um, I, I would be doing whatever you can do because it's going to hopefully save your dog's life. So for me, I mean, I would just be looking for somebody who offers maybe a board and train service or... Board and train, okay. Yeah, so that's basically when you drop your dog off for a couple weeks at a time for somebody to plug into your dog to reset things. Um, That's extremely valuable for somebody like you because that's really... The dog needs to be away from you because right now your dog isn't a dog. Your dog's a shell of a dog. Your dog is an emotional confused animal uh so she doesn't know how to be she doesn't know how to regulate things she doesn't know how to deal with stress because anytime she's ever been stressed we just remove her she barked we pick her up we let her up on the couch or you know we put her in the crate and she immediately comes out things like that so this is a dog that can't deal with things and so it kind of has to be like what they call in horse training like breaking a horse in a in a good way where they have to basically you know, bow down and say, and not bow down as like a, a bad way. Just I'm going to accept direction now. Like I've been so about me and that's what, that's what you really need. To be honest, that would be really helpful to you. Okay. Um, so I would just be finding somebody and you might have to drive a little bit to get to somebody, but I can guarantee you there'll be somebody that you can find within driving distance that can help you and your dog. Um, but that's really what you need is you need a reset to say like my I've basically created this with my dog and somebody needs to go in and rewire things and teach your dog that how to be a dog. Because right now, again, like your dog is a shell. Your dog is not a dog. Um, and it's sad to see. And, and, and I know that you know this because you're getting to a point where you're like, OK, I've you know basically ended up like sabotaging this dog, unfortunately. And now you need a reset and you just need somebody to come in to start creating structure. And the best way that I've explained it to people is if you're a kid living on the streets like a feral person 
and you have no boss, no parents, no responsibility, nobody telling you nothing, you could do whatever you want, and then you go into military. So military is exactly what I'm talking about with structure. It's this is what time we wake up. This is how we make our bed. This is how we shine our shoes. This is what time we eat. This is how many miles we run. It's very a matter of fact. And why do people come out of the military or boot camp different? Why do they have them? Why do why do we why have we been using these for for the forever? It's because it changes the way that the person thinks. It makes them more responsible. It makes them more on time. It makes them more respectful. It makes them more disciplined. There's a reason why that works. And with dogs, it should be it, it has to be more than people with their lives because we're copying and pasting them into a world of humans and they don't know how to respond to that so they're confused so if they don't have somebody giving them that direction then they they absolutely self-sabotage and that's what you're dealing with so okay and so what do you think i should be doing to keep the puppy safe while i look for a border personally i would be just keeping just exactly that i would just be keeping them see what we call a crate and rotate um, so what I typically do is I just, um, I will crate and rotate. So uh, not necessarily a crate. Cause I don't think your dog right now is going to be good in a crate. Um, she so, so you just, so you just, you just separate them and you just, you have to go out and you have to walk them. You have to go. I mean, the, the, a lot of exercise is, is necessary and say you live in an environment that it's not really suitable to, to go for walks often, or it's not comfortable <laughs> to go for walks often. Um, we have all sorts of different, I mean, you name it. If there's an excuse, we have a, we have a something for it. So we, so we typically will just use like, I have a lot of, I have a lot of my clients that live in this New York city and to get off the, I don't know, 14th floor to go downstairs to walk your dog. I mean, to me, it's like the most, I mean, it's inhumane not to do something like that. But for some people, it's just, I get it. Like they're not going to do it. And so we have uh, all sorts of different like games. Like, so you could do, uh, uh, there's dog pacers, which are treadmills. There's prey poles to get them out. Um, But that's the other thing too, is the dog's going to need some sort of exercise as well. Okay. All right. So she needs exercise. She needs boarding. That all makes that all makes sense. Personally, that's what you really need. This is a project, a big project, and the best results you'll see, in my opinion, is to just find somebody that can plug in with your dog and 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 really reset things. Um, and the longer, the better. And that, in my opinion, is going to be the most effective thing for you and your dog and right now because of the you you can bring them for walks together you can put them on the leash and go up back with them your dog's not an aggressive dog by nature she's not going to attack this dog randomly what's you know i mean maybe the the play got too much and the puppy didn't know when to shut off and then the dog just corrected her and it turned into something else likely um yeah so i mean they can be around each other it's it's not like they're gonna you know, try to kill each other. It's just, you know, they're not going to be off leash playing around with each other. So I would just put them on leash, control it. Um, if you want to put them in a small room to just watch their behavior, if they play limit it, because when you get a dog, when you get a puppy, they can be overwhelming. They're a lot and they can get annoying after 10 minutes of play. And once you see your older dogs start to become disinterested or try to, to stop playing, that's where you just say, okay, enough. And that's it. So these are all things um, 
that I would be doing because I think that that play and that um, interaction with one another is going to be good for their mental health. Like being able to like exert some energy would be good. Um, yeah. But you know, I think the mistake that you made is you just let them off leash, uh, or you know, and then I think the puppy was too much, and then your older dog was like, "Okay, I'm correcting this," and that's what happened. Well, it's funny because, you know, we've had some incidents with the cats, too. Like I said, she's an obsessive licker, and she'll obsessively groom the cats. And sometimes when the cats have enough, she's lashed out at them. But, you know, that's always been a – that's because they were like, wow, you know, trying to push her away or whatever that she lashed out. Mm -hmm. So I think you might be right about her Mm -hmm. getting too stimulated or just getting – having enough. Yeah, you just have to advocate whatever – they're doing whatever the dogs are doing you have to just watch the situation you know like with kids right honestly that's what it comes down to is you see a kid starting to really and the other kids pick in and pick in. you have to step in it's okay 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 enough 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 and you just kind of pull them away and that's that's how you that's how you deal with it okay that's how i i mean it's just a simple way like dogs are you know they're, they're gonna be short fused and and um you know maybe uh you know tempered you know uh especially with the puppy that you know that's what you do is you just you step in and advocate and say okay enough we're done that's it yeah okay what was the name of that collar again a martingale collar martingale collar you can use a slip leash as well um yeah yeah (sighs) okay well you've definitely given me somewhere to start Mm -hmm. cool you know, I've, I've, I'm going to make some calls and see if I can find anybody to, to take her because I always kind of assume nobody would take her because she's aggressive. Um, but, you know, maybe if I can frame it in such a way that she's less aggressive, more just untrained. Yep. I would um... – yeah, I think both. I think, you know, the untrained turned her, you know, kind of like this, so – yeah, I would just try to find somebody that, you know, can do a board and train that can really help you out. Um, okay. Yeah. There's got to be somebody, so I'll make some calls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just, and, and again, like, you know, make phone calls. Make emails. Hey, I got a dog. Hasn't attacked anybody and has gone, you know, after a couple people because, you know, we, we made some mistakes. And so I, I personally feel like for me, this is a really easy behavioral case for me. This is something that we can easily... This this does not warrant any type of euthanasia. This is just like, you know, you created a problem and now you need to retract and figure out and, you know, put the energy and time and money into finding somebody that can help you change the way that the dog is thinking and to also help you um, rewire the uh, situation so, um, you know... Yeah. You can regain control. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you talking to me today. Yeah, you're welcome. That's, yeah, I would just stay patient. Don't make any mistakes. You know, don't put her into a situation where she's going to fail because you don't have the control to help her with that. Yeah. Like we, we don't take her outside of the house. I don't, I don't walk her outside of the backyard because I don't know what she's going to do. And, mm-hmm. But I'm getting aware. Mm-hmm. I can't just remove all the situations that she would not be successful in. No, you should control her. That's that's a great point. Is you're trying to, 
control all these things when if you just controlled her that's the problem that's the source yeah you know what i mean that's what i would do okay all right well thank you i'm gonna go talk to my husband now i appreciate your call okay yep you're welcome good luck with everything thank you all right bye bye Hey guys, you've reached the end of the podcast, which means I'm going to be answering three of your dog training question. First one comes from R Wood eight eight one. Hey Tom, you've helped me with learning to work with my dog who is in utter pain. I love her. She's a seven year old Belgian Malinois boxer mix. She growls at my girlfriend and strangers, and I correct I correct and even claim them like a trainer suggests by standing in front of my girlfriend or whatever. She's growling at and firm tones say no. And she will just whimper, and then we make her go lay down inside the home. We use a slip lead and a pop on the leash on her, and she will sit when she's in my space using spatial pressure. We nudge her until she sits with her knee gently on her butt and then hits the ground and then walk away. We're told she's just being a protector. Um, It sounds like you have a trainer that's working with you, and I would just go with what they're telling you to do because they have met the dog, they've been in front of the dog, they know the dog. Um... It's kind of a confusing situation to me. I think you're telling your dog to sit and getting in between people as she's growling. So uh, I would just do whatever your trainer's telling you to do because I, they know the dog better than I do, and that's something I would go down. Especially if you're not, ha- doesn't sound like any of this is a problem at all. It sounds like you're just doing something to your dog and it's working. I guess I don't know. Maybe it's not working because you're asking this question. I'm not sure. I, I I need a little bit more context on this in order to. To figure it out. Next one comes to Das O'Donnell. Uh, <clears throat> Hello, Tom. My friend recommended your videos after we got a German Shepherd puppy, now four months old. And as the podcasts have been so helpful, I really appreciate uh, the way that you share your knowledge and experience with such humility. Humility. Who? Humility. Humility. <laughs> I can't read, I guess. While being honest about what people need to change their improvements. What is the best way to train the dog to leave a free range chicken, rabbits, and ducks alone? Recall. That's your answer. Recall. You're not going to teach this dog how to stop leaving these little things that move with feathers and and all these noises that they're making. That's not going to happen. That's like, how do I get my kitten to stop chasing a yarn bowl? Nope. Not going to happen. Recall. Off-leash recall. Um, that's That's what it comes down to. You have a dog that's running around on a farm and it has a prey drive. And so if your dog doesn't have good off-leash control, that's likely going to be enforced by a remote collar. You shouldn't let your dog off-leash, period. If your dog is on-leash, they can't get to any of these things. So it's a win-win. Teach your dog how to be off-leash because that's the surrounding environments that your dog is in to be successful. And if your dog isn't going to be off-leash, they should be on-leash around these do- around these other animals because that's the safest thing to do. Next one comes some Podcast Junkie. Uh, incredible episode. Hi, Tom. I just wanted to reach out and say how much I enjoyed the uh, podcast with Frank. I could listen to his stories for another three hours. A wealth of knowledge. Learned a lot. Thank you so much. Kennedy1728. Hi, I have a German Shepherd. He is two years old and he's an outside dog. Uh, he's an outside dog and we're about to move and he lived at this property his whole life. Do you have any tips to make the transition a bit easier? I would say uh, just the routine. Whatever routine that you've done with your dog at this house, do at your new place. Just make sure that they get a lot of that mental and physical exercise going to continue to be successful. Uh, it's a good question, but 
that's what I would do. And anytime that you're in a new place, just go for walks. You just kind of get that routine going, the same thing you've been doing. Next one comes from RH River 5555. Hi, Tom. Again, I have a question. I may be kind of a dumb, but I told there's no such thing as a dumb question. So when I put my dog into the sit position and they're not supposed to move, move tie, give them, not supposed to move, tie, give them a break. This doesn't make any sense, but I'll do my absolute best. Ty, give them a break command. Sometimes I'll say break, but they don't move. Do I just say it once and then can't leave them? I, I just have a hard time reading this because it's just in broken English here, but I'm going to do my best. I think the question is, how do you get your dog to break if you say break and they don't? Um, that's where you would encourage your dog to break maybe with like a ball or something. Um, so just treats or a ball, throw it on the ground <clears throat> um, and do the best you can to uh, yeah, encourage your dog to break. So your body, like leaning down, like break, 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 make it explosive, make it fun. Don't just stand up and go break, break, break. You have to be explosive with your break, break, use your, use your body, bend down, use a ball, use a treat. If your dog isn't breaking, uh, it's simply because they don't know that they're on a break, which means you have to do a better job to get more animated for your dog to, you know, break free. So, all right, you guys, hope this was helpful for you guys on the next podcast. I'll be answering your questions. Make sure you head over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review with your question and I'll answer it next episode. Thanks guys. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.